0: And Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6 on the Arizona Sports app.
1: 5 o'clock hour here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us here on this Thursday. John Gambadero, Dave Burns, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. Thursday, Vance Joseph speaks to the media. And. Look, they've played really well. Uh, we, we, we were joking earlier in the show at some point about are you an overachiever, are you an underachiever, mm-hmm. who would actually say out loud they're an underachiever. I'm sure there's a lot of you listening right now who are, in fact, underachievers. I just don't know if you <laughs> yes. would actually admit it, right? Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Jeez. Uh-huh. Go for the jugular. Yeah, right. there's a lot of you out there. You losers. Lose our show. Tell me I'm wrong. You suck. You just can't say that part out loud, Bernsy. Well, I mean, I'm no, just, just better to be truthful. There are people in their car. To, yeah, I'm kind of an underachiever. We're trying to motivate people. <laughs> hey, There's but you can do time. it. Take some end drive and get it together. There, Come there, on. Exactly. There's still time. You can change your life. Yeah. If I could change. You're in a dead end job. And you could change. Everybody could change. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were joking about overachievers and underachievers. Vance Joseph is overachieved. This year, he, uh, he he over you could say he overachieves every year, but I thought he was playing with a real short deck this year. And boy, has this defense yeah. performed? Yeah. They performed so well. So with what they've accomplished, you know, they take AJ Brown out of the game, and they take uh, Devontae Adams out of the game, and they take Cooper Cup out of the game. McCaffrey, uh, Christian run McCaffrey, the against, they took him out of the game.
0: Yep. What's next for this defense, Vance? I think the next step for us is making those. Plays that can turn games, you know, even even on Sunday, the last drive, I have him been third and 12 and not make that play that that hurt, you know, and, the, you know, to uh, let him run the ball after that. You know, we missed two critical tackles and we had a couple of misfits after that. You know, we stopped them, but we stopped them at the cost of burning all three timeouts. You know, so the next step to be a dominant defense is to win that third down and give us the ball back with time and timeouts. That's the next step.
1: Yeah, you hated that third down play. I remember you were you were, oh, were yeah, ragging on that on Monday. I thought it was the key play of the game. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, even they beyond that. the slide, even beyond the spike, even beyond the misfield. Dallas got it, right? And it Dallas was a Goddard, to Dallas got six, 16 Goddard. yards. Yep. Yeah, on a third and 12. I thought that was the play of the game, because when they convert that, now you're in a position where you got to start burning timeouts, mm-hmm. and you have to look at the clock and figure out how you're going to manage all that stuff. So I'm, I'm glad to hear Vance say that, but, but as you pointed out on Monday when we were talking about the defense, man, you set an awful high bar for a defense. It's almost like you demand perfection out of them expecting them to get a stop in that moment would have been like okay hey you've been great all game now we need you to be absolutely perfect in this moment and get a stop okay, here. let me ask you and something didn't. let me ask you something is this a bigger challenge seattle for this defense than the eagles were no i don't believe so i think that the seattle numbers offensively or uh, i i yeah i just, know smith and they're putting up a lot of big numbers here, here's the reason why because um, if the conversation is okay, you got to take the best thing they do and take it away. I think that's a harder conversation to have with Philly because there's a lot of things they do really and they well. They took AJ Brown away, and they took AJ Brown. A. They, 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 they had, and that yeah, was Philly's got a better tight end. They got a better offensive line. Right, They've got a really good, good running. They back. They got a better quarterback. They got a better running back. Yeah, I mean, especially now Seattle with their running back Penny out. So whereas with Seattle, I feel yeah. like that that if you want to eliminate the Player who does the best for them, that's DK Metcalf. And you you, you yep, take we're him talk out. About that next segment. Okay. And then after that, I think it becomes easier to stop them. Now, if it was so easy, other teams would be doing it and they haven't been able to do it so far. But to so answer your question, I, I Eagles think Eagles are a bigger challenge. Eagles are a bigger challenge. I think so. I agree with you. I, I just. I just wanted to see because Seattle's offense is putting up these ridiculous, crazy numbers. I just wanted to see if you thought maybe they were. Yeah. Um, he Vince Joseph was also asked today
0: if he ever imagined a state in his life where he'd lose sleep over Geno Smith. Not really. You know, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> watch Geno. I kind of heard the numbers, but watching him all week, I mean, he's done some special stuff. Obviously, the guy's talented, right? He was a second round pick. Should have been a first round pick years ago. I mean, it's ten years now, I think. You know, so it time flies, but you know, sometimes guys sit for a while and they kind of see the big picture and they learn from the past and he has done that i mean he's playing controlled he's reading defenses keeping plays alive he's putting them in good plays when you watch it you can't say it's it's not real it's real i mean he is playing his butt off and
1: we were picking our brains forever trying to find Who's that guy? Who's the guy who sat for 10 years and all of a sudden turned into, you know, it's a great player. There aren't many. You know, that's all of a sudden going to go from making $2 million to $15 million to $20 million. Like, how many guys are there? Somebody brought up Rich Gannon. Like, okay, Rich Gannon. Yeah, for 10 years, he kind of sucked. And then all of a sudden, five years in a row, he's a really good quarterback. Like, well, it's just you don't see it very often. Because usually by the time you get 10 years in a league and you haven't done anything, you're out of the league. Yeah. You don't get 10 years to be bad or mediocre. And for, How many mediocre guys hang around for 10 years? Not very many. I mean, it's not like you know left-handed relievers. And understand this. I, I, we say Rich Gannon, and, and I recognize there might be people in our audience who aren't super familiar with Rich Gannon's career because it was a while ago. He was just... Invisible for the first ten years of his career, he didn't make a Pro Bowl until he was thirty-four. You know, and he hopped around. He was with the Vikings, he was with Washington, he was with Kansas City, he was here, he was there. Makes his first Pro Bowl at thirty-four, finishes fourth in the MVP he said voting. He was here. I was like, Arizona? oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry, no, I just kind of in He was, like, uh, in general, he was yeah. here. No, he wasn't here. He, was here. He was he was was here. he was here. He was there. He was. He was never here. Oh, okay. Um, wins the MVP at the age of thirty-seven. Wow. Takes the Raiders to the. Super Bowl. Compl- I mean, it's just like, who is this guy? where did this guy come from? How did he get good at the age of 34 after floundering around the NFL for the better part of 10 seasons? It just doesn't happen like that. There's got to be some examples, but I just like, it's hard to like think about a guy that's like, Geno Smith has been around the block a bunch of times, too, right? He's been on a bunch of different teams, and he's failed. There are people who didn't even know, when the season started, like, before Russell Wilson got traded, there were people who didn't even know what team Geno Smith was on. They didn't even know. Simple people were like, Geno Smith's still in the league? Yeah, he's a backup to Russell Wilson. And see, he is? Yeah. It's he, like he's been out of sight, out of mind. Now he's got this opportunity. Now, one thing he said is his body's fresh. Yeah, it's fresh from not playing all those years. <laughs> of course, of course. So his body's fresh. Uh, one other thing from Vance. Um, Isaiah Simmons, no Vance Joseph press conference would be. Complete without a comment on Isaiah Simmons. Snap count was good. His performance last week was good. Pro football focus had him as the highest rated defensive player on the squad. And of course, Vance is
0: very proud of him. I've been proud of him again. I mean he's he's practiced the way he's played, you know, and that's that's paid off for him. Obviously, he's a guy with big time talent, you know, but he is he's preparing the right way, and it's it's paying off for him. But we are a better defense with him on the field, obviously. You know, and that that's shown in the last three weeks, four weeks. You uh, know, he, he can make plays other guys can't make. You know, I mean, he, he's a natural eraser with his length and his speed, and he lacks contact. You know, so having him on the field, obviously, makes us a better defense. He can make plays other guys can't.
1: He can. And that's and that's why you got to give that guy every chance in the world to make sure he's on the field as long as he's consistent. Yep. And he doesn't blow coverages and, you know, because the, the mistakes haunt you more than the big, you know, than the big plays help you. You know, the the mistakes can cost you the game. The mistakes can cost you, a you know, a drive that you should have been out after three plays all of a sudden turns into an 11-play drive because you made a mistake. So the mistakes can go. That's what you got to do. You got to eliminate the amount of mistakes. You got you to minimal mistakes and you'll be able to stay on the field. I think that's the, the whole thing for Isaiah Simmons. Just announced Dead and Company will be heading to Auction Pavilion on May 23rd for their last tour. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. You can win a pair now by visiting Arizona Sports. Com. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, you're going to take away the very best guy on the other team for the Seattle Seahawks. That guy is DK Metcalf. Can the Cardinals do it? That's next Burns and Gambo.
0: Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports.
1: We were playing some Vance Joseph cuts for you in the last segment. I I specifically didn't play this one because I thought. It played into our conversation right here. This is Vance Joseph, Cardinals defensive coordinator, earlier today, who said, "Every single week, our goal is to stop the best player of the other team. The, uh, always, that's what we're trying
0: to do." I think that's your game plan in this league. You know, you have to stop their best players first. If you don't, you probably won't win. You know, kind of, sort of like the Chiefs. You know, Kelsey went off on us and we didn't win, and he, he made big time third down plays and big time plays in a red zone. You know, so stopping their best people is always. Is our first task, game planning wise, and, um, you know, playing these good guys and having Murph, you know, match those guys from time to time, it helped us also. He's playing really well right now, Murph, but um, that's always our first priority as far as game planning. Stopping their best guy.
1: Got to imagine this week it's T.K. Metcalf. It has to be. I mean, he is, you know, he is their their biggest weapon. I mean, he's their most explosive player. You know, they've scored 103 points over their past three games, um, and but they've given up 111. So, the defense is really bad. Now, they're going to rely on this this rookie, Kenneth Walker III, the Michigan State kid, and they're going to rely on D.K. Metcalf because D.K. Metcalf is still their main weapon when it comes to yards. 28 catches, 372 yards, two touchdowns. Over the last couple of weeks, he's kind of become that big play threat that they've had. He's had five receptions of 20 yards or more and two of more than 40 yards. And that's the fear is that D.K. Metcalf, because when he gets going and he gets... That ball in stride He's a tough guy To take down He's a big strong guy And he's fast He's just so fast So if he catches That ball He could be off To the races So that's what you You worry about the most Is how much They're targeting him Right now And how he's starting To come into his home In these last couple of games And honestly I didn't watch The whole game Between the Seahawks And the Saints But I saw some cut-ups Of of Geno Smith And he was just Dropping dimes To DK Metcalf I I mean like Even the best Pass is so good That even even the best coverage in the world wasn't going to stop it. I mean, just in one particular spot that DK and only DK could get. So if Geno Smith's going to do that, there's only so much you can do. I do feel good about Byron Murphy going into this game. I feel good about what Byron Murphy's been able to accomplish so far. The work he's done against Cooper Cup. the work he's done um, against Devontae Adams, the work he did last week against A.J. Brown in addition to Marco Wilson. Uh, he's. You and I both think he's been the best defensive player so far for the Cardinals. And that That's saying a lot given how well Zach Allen's been to start this year. So, this is going to be another big task for him. And it's also, you know, it will pardon us. But I think since Andy Isabella got released a week ago, we kind of need to go down that road a little bit. Second round, 2019. What, three picks after it Isabella? It was the, the Cardinals had the 62nd pick overall. They took Andy Isabella. That was the return for Josh Rosen. Kansas City picked next. They took a safety out of Virginia named Juan Thornhill. And then at 64, the Seattle Seahawks took D.K. Metcalf out of Ole Miss. Now, the Cardinals could have had D.K. Metcalf, but they instead Ed chose Andy Isabella. They didn't like DK Metcalf. Now at the time, there was a lot of concerns about DK Metcalf. He he actually wasn't great at Ole Miss. Like you know, it was a they, 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 there was definitely some concerns. He lasted to the th- to the second round, the last pick of the second round. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like DK Metcalf was the sure thing. I mean, he's one pick away from being a third round guy. Now hindsight being 2020. Now the next pick were the Cardinals. They took Zach Allen. So right, so the so the Cardinals had pick. Sixty-two and sixty-five. They took. Oh, I didn't know that. Isabella. Yeah, they took Isabella at sixty-two. They took Zach Allen at sixty-five. Zach Allen was the player after DK Metcalf in that draft. Yeah, he was the first pick of the. He was the first pick. Because remember, Carlos had the first uh, pick. The first pick. Yeah, I just I didn't realize the, he was the, the pick, first pick after af- DK. They had Metcalf. the first pick every round. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. That 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 is interesting. Now, you know what it looks like. I have no idea, but it is an interesting. You know, you can kind of play along with us in your car if you're listening at home or if you're listening on a podcast right now to us, uh, a couple hours after the fact or a day after the fact. Play along and think to yourself, what would have been different if they had drafted DK Metcalf? Instead of Andy Isabella. Uh, what would things look who would be and who would not be on this roster? Yeah, would 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 they have traded for Hollywood Brown? Would they have signed AJ Green? Would they have traded for Hopkins? Would they you know, you start to think about all the things that that have transpired. I think you still get Hopkins. I mean, obviously I think that happens, but you might have a you might have had a one two punch of Hopkins and DK Metcalf. And then that would have allowed you to not have to take some of these other receivers and it would have allowed you now that, you know, that year they took three. So they probably still would have taken DK Metcalf and then Keyshawn Johnson and Hakeem Butler. Yeah. So if they had just swapped out DK Metcalf for Isabella, one of the three would have worked out. It would be like, okay, one out at least one of the three guys worked out. But it may have changed some of the other things like they may have not not traded for Hollywood Brown this year and had had Linderbaum. They may have had a. A future center. And that might be the guy that's playing center this week with Rodney Hudson out. Like, So I think a lot of things would have changed if they just would have made that one pick of DK Metcalf. Yeah, and, and the whole conversation is kind of based off of this idea that if the Cardinals had drafted DK Metcalf, he'd be the exact same DK Metcalf here that he is there. We don't know that for a fact. Uh, yeah. Right? I mean, the coaching and the, the relationship with, you know, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf or Kyler uh, Murray and DK Metcalf. Who knows if he would have blossomed the You'd same way? You just know you just, that he's a good player. Yeah, you, just you know, know he's, that he's made He's, it. he's good. Good. legit. And so you you kind of base the conversation on just assuming he would have been the same guy. I, I got to think one of Hollywood Brown or DeAndre Hopkins isn't here. I just don't know which one. You know Probably Hollywood, the hop. The trade. Probably. I think the hop trade would have happened trade anyway. Happened. They had to get off of David Johnson because it was it'd be like it was like you know it was such a steal. Like wait, you're going to give us you're going to give us Hopkins for yeah. David Johnson? It was too good to be true. Like, it was too good to be true. I still, can't, I still. Can't I still can't believe it happened. Honestly, right. it was just it was just such highway robbery. Um, I see. I think yeah, that still happens. I don't know if you trade it first for Hollywood Brown if you have DK Metcalf. You in fact no. In fact, I know you don't. You don't. You, and here's why you don't. Because you've already paid Hop, and you would have had to pay DK to you would have keep had to him. Pay him. You can't afford no. another. You not an Hollywood one Brown here. Wide receiver, you wouldn't. Hollywood Brown wouldn't but be yeah, here. And you'd probably have Linderbaum. Would probably be your. You'd probably have a center you probably have a center he had to replace Rodney Hudson yeah you, you would have had a first round pick and it, it would have and, and, and DK would have been boy, what a downfield weapon he would have been for Kyler Murray to get the ball to um, and you know Christian Kirk the complimentary guy in addition to that I mean it would have been a heck of a Kirk Hop, Kirk and DK Metcalf Man. <laughs> Fitz, Bolden Steve Breston yeah three guys over a thousand yards Right that was the, the best day. three that was the best trio they had. This could have been the best trio since then. yeah, here's the numbers last year. two games against the Arizona Cardinals. five catches on eleven targets for fifty eight yards no touchdowns, and four catches on eight targets for thirty one yards no touchdowns. They shut him down last year. yeah, I guess they did. They shut him down last year. two games combined, two games combined. He had ten catches. On 19 targets, and they had a total of 89 yards with no touchdowns in two games. DK Metcalf did not play well against the Cardinals last year. No, he didn't, did nope. he? he did I'm not. thinking back to those games. One of them was the Colt McCoy game, right? Yes. The, the first one was the Colt McCoy game there. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was the season finale here. And what you was like? Seriously, really? Again, you're, you're not. <laughs> let me. You're not, not going to win at home again. Let me go back another year. Ready for this? Oh, I, the, the year before is the Buddha play. The year before is he had uh, three receptions for 46 yards and a touchdown, and he had two receptions for 23 yards. He didn't. He didn't really. He hasn't hurt the Cardinals. No, but he hurt him. He hurt him on the play. He came back and he tackled Buda, right? I get it. He hurt hurt him without hurting him. You know, I mean, it was incredible. The the box score will say DK Metcalf didn't hurt him. Anybody with eyeballs on that game, oh, he hurt him. Yeah. He He hurt their pride that night, wounded it badly. He has not had a good game against the Arizona Cardinals in six games. Hmm. In six games against the Arizona Cardinals, D.K. Metcalf has literally done nothing. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? That, that is interesting. I'm glad you looked that up because I, yeah. I hadn't thought six much about it. Six games against the Cardinals. I assumed he had. He's been irrelevant in all, all six games. Wow. Irrelevant. Arizona goes primetime next week. The Phoenix Suns tipping off the NBA season against the Mavs. And then the Cardinals taking on the New Orleans Saints for Thursday Night Football. Now, we're giving you the chance to experience both in person. Text the word primetime to 62620. Listen for your name starting next Monday for your chance to win two tickets to both games, plus one lucky winner. Each day, we'll also get their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Again, text the word PRIMETIME to 620-620. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, speaking of wide receivers in the Cardinals offense, a lot of the complaints about how Rondell Moore is being used in the Cardinals offense. Are they valid? That's next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Burns and
1: Gambo. Two till six on the Arizona Sports app. Yeah, 5:30 here on the Birds and Gambo Show we were just talking in the last segment about wide receivers and, it, you know, would this guy be here? Would that guy be here if the Cardinals had drafted D.K. Metcalf instead of Andy Isabella? And I know that conversation's been had many, many times, but of course Isabella got cut last week and here comes D.K. Metcalf, the one guy you probably need to take out of the game plan, even though they've done a real good six job. Six games, of he hasn't done any damage against them. It's amazing. He is in six games against the Arizona Cardinals. He hasn't done very much. No, he hasn't. I'm surprised um, by that. One guy we didn't talk about in that speculation about what life would look like if they had drafted D.K. Metcalf was Rondell Moore. Second round pick, right? Sure. I, I mean, we we didn't even bring him yeah. up because yeah. it because again, and we've said this before. Man, Steve Kym has thrown so many resources at the wide receiver position the last few years to try to find the right mix. There have been so many guys. I almost forgot. Oh yeah, Ron Moore, second round pick, Purdue, a couple years ago. Yeah, I, I, it's the DK thing is interesting because he just again he wasn't that good at Ole Miss. Like he was just uh, if you go through his numbers, I mean, he had his final year at Ole Miss he had 26 catches for 569 yards and five touchdowns Ugh. the year before that he had 39 39 catches for 646 yards in his three year career at Ole Miss he had 67 catches in three years he played in 21 games and had 67 catches i mean it's not like you were like oh wow this guy like he wasn't like one of the you know all the fanfare that goes with first round picks and he wasn't that guy. People liked him because of the combine and the size and the strength, sure. and that's how he kind of, you know, kind of blew everybody away with how big and strong and fast he was at the combine. But yeah. it wasn't what he did at Ole Miss that you're like, oh my god, you got to go get this guy. Yeah, it wasn't in the moment. It didn't feel like this glaring, like oh my god, I can't believe you didn't get him. I, to me, uh, uh, and I'll just to put a bow on the, the DK Metcalf conversation. I said this last week about Isabella and I really believe it it's not even so much that you missed on Isabella it's that in that draft there were so many really good wide receivers who were available and you didn't get any of them it wasn't, it's not even just about, you know, it's like you you spent three of your picks in the 2019 draft and you spent them exclusively on wide receivers. So clearly it was a priority for you that year to go get a wide receiver in the draft, right? To throw a lot of resources to get a wide receiver in the draft. Man, you go back and look at some of the picks in the 2000, the, the wide receiver class of 2019. It's phenomenal. But isn't it crazy that F- overall they didn't draft any of them? But their draft was good. Byron Murphy and Zach Allen were in that draft. Yeah, not in Kyler. Yeah, You got your franchise quarterback. Uh, I, yeah, you but, got, you, but I'm just talking specifically about the wide receiver position. I know, position. I know. You can't argue that. You can't argue you know, that they, uh, they, they missed. They, 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 they missed. tried so hard at the wide receiver thing, yeah. and, and they just, they, they, they don't they, like they get it wrong more often than they do get it right. Yeah, right. One, two, three strikes, you're out on they, all three of those guys. No, no doubt more. we're waiting to see whether they got it right or whether they got it wrong, and we just don't have enough evidence in front of us. But, man, I, I'm so glad Jess Root from CardsWire.com did this. Um, and I'm glad he looked this up, and I'm glad he kind of did the because I, I think this is, I think this is really entertaining, fascinating stuff here. He went back and looked at Rondell Moore. What's the chief complaint about Rondell Moore? You throw everything to him behind the line of scrimmage. Wide receiver screens, bubble screens. Everything's you know, nothing's down the field. Everything's this little dink dunk thing to try to get in the ball in space and see what we can do. Right? And I, I'm the same way, man. Every time I see a wide receiver screen or Rondell Moore, I lose my mind. Even even Dave Patch. I'm going to play the soundbite because it's so good. We we love Dave Pash, right? When Rondale Moore has the 28-yard reception against the Eagles, even Dave Pash pointed it out. Takes the snap. Play action pass. Setting up. Firing deep middle. Caught at midfield. At the 45. At the 40 is Rondale Moore. And tackled at the 39. Hey, they threw it to Moore down the field. And it goes for 28 yards. (laughs) Okay, that's great. I love that. (laughs) I do, I love that. Jess Root does a great job of cards He's he's he does a fantastic job, and he breaks it down that he's actually running a lot of patterns, intermediate patterns, and then you know longer patterns. What the, the point that's not. In, in the story, it's just that the—but he's not—that doesn't mean that he's getting those passes. Yeah. Just because he runs 18 pass plays down the field, it doesn't mean that he's getting the ball four of those times. Let me give everybody the numbers yeah. real quick, and then we can kind of comment on what it means. 39 pass routes run by Rondell Moore on Sunday against the Eagles. Okay? 39 times. He was—six uh, th- of the 39 were pass routes behind the line of scrimmage. Six. 18 of the 39 were 0 to 10 yards down the field. 15 of the 39 were 10 yards or more down the field. <laughs> Nearly just as many 10 yards or more down the field yeah. as they were 0 to 10. You know, is he a decoy? Is he, hey, you got speed. We need you to go run. The, you know, We need you to get out there and pull the safety over so we can throw something underneath. Because Kyle's not throwing the ball deep. He's not throwing the ball deep. How many passes behind, you know, if you take all of Rondell Moore's targets, how many of them are behind the line of scrimmage? How many of them are zero to five yards? And how many of them are actually five yards or more? That's what I would like to know, like on the target thing. So, Because you could run a pattern as a decoy. You could run, I'm going to have you run to clear this space out for me, to bring a safety over, to make sure that that corner's oh, out so of the so you want like a further breakdown on targets, not target. just routes run, like when right. you're so, targeted. Yeah, right. I, I would for, imagine most of his targets are are zero to five yards. Yeah, the patterns don't matter to me as much, because like I said, I mean, a lot of oh. times you've got it. you know, he, he could be just a decoy and trying to clear space out because he's a fast guy. They could be, but I, I tell you, the patterns do mean a little bit more to me in That in that he's down there. Right, it, it's we, it's we've got this perception, and I fall prey to it too. That that he's just around the line of scrimmage. That's it. He's only around the line of scrimmage, and he never does anything else. Mostly because that's the only time Kyler ever throws to him. Right? Is it, it, at least for me, I just assume those are the only patterns he's running because it seems to be the only ones he ever gets thrown to is when he's right at the line of scrimmage. These numbers suggest that he's further down the field than we think, more often than we think. But is he getting the ball? Well. Well, that and that's what leads me to wonder is, A, is he open, right? And, and, and Kyler maybe looks at him and goes, man, you're not open. I'm not throwing to you. Or B, and maybe even worse than option A, he's open and Kyler's not seeing him. Because Kyler's not, you know, we're we're still unsure about is he seeing the whole field? Is he and not because he's shorter, only because is he progressing through all of his reads to know, uh, you know, this, you know, the blitz is coming here, my hot guy's there, or this guy's dropping down here, so my open guy's there. Is he missing Rondell more on moments? And, And and if he is, and we had this conversation a lot last week, like if he is. That's not a. That's not the fault of Cliff for drawing up a play. That's the fault of Kyler for not seeing the open guy on the play when it gets drawn up. There's right? a lot of plays that Kyler does not see the open and, guy. And, and I wonder how many times in that circumstance Rondell Moore is the guy who suffers because of it. That Rondell Moore is the guy who... Kyler, it's, didn't, it's, Kyler didn't see fill in the blank, and in yeah. this case, fill in the blank is Rondell Moore. It's like you go to your closet, and you've got this beautiful gray suit, and this beautiful black suit, and this beautiful beige suit and, it's beautiful. and then you got this bright green suit and it's the easiest one to notice so you just take the green suit <laughs> right? but you pass on this beautiful beige suit and this beautiful dark black suit you pass on all these great suits because the one that sticks out in your mind is the green one because it's the first thing you see it's the first thing you notice is the green suit uh-huh. but all these other suits are great suits they would look awesome on you like you, would, you could wear all these amazing suits but your eyes automatically go to the bright green one so you pick that one who is the bright green suit for the Colonel's offense. Is it Hollywood Brown? It's Hollywood Brown. He's the the bright green suit. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. A lot of targets there. That was a bright green suit, Kyler was wearing. Yes. That was a very bright green suit. Mm Mm-hmm. The same. The other suits are Do you have anything even remotely that colorful in your closet? Because I swear the only things you ever wear black, are gray and are blue, black, gray and navy blue, and that's that it. is it. That's it. And I mean, I have the pot calling the kettle black, literally, because I'm wearing a black T-shirt yeah. today. But, but I at least have some black, color in my closet. Gray, Do you have anything blue? in my closet? In your closet? Black, a- gray, navy blue. You know anything share other than that? closet with my wife. Well, so I'm there not... is a lot of color in there. Well, that's her side. Yeah, that's her. What's the breakdown in the closet? For me, it's like 80-20. Okay, I'm 80 oh, too. So. I started, 80, it 20. started 50-50. I swear, it started 50-50. It started It weird, because well, boy, yeah, you, j- you cute newlyweds with your 50-50 closet. I haven't been 50-50 in my closet in 20 years. She was living with me way before we got married, but then all of a sudden, a little here, a little there, and then, because so you know what happens? They buy stuff, and I don't. <laughs> like, I don't buy anything for myself, and they buy everything for themselves. All of a sudden, a few more bags, a few more shoes, a few more sneakers, and then all of a sudden, like... I got like, all right, like I'm out. Now, see the difference. I'm out. The difference for me is that I buy stuff, all right, but I'm expected to donate stuff in order to make room for my new stuff. That rule does not apply to my wife. She buys stuff and she just keeps putting stuff in it. She doesn't. She there's no there's no withdrawals. It's just all deposits in the closet. Yeah. That's, Whereas I make a deposit in the closet. I gotta take. I gotta make a withdrawal. Yes. I'm like I'm gonna buy a pair of pants. You better take a pair of pants out because you didn't have room for anything. That's else. the norm for a uh, for a marriage. That is the norm. Yeah. Well. I yes. That's yeah. the norm. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, so I'm not counting her side of the closet. Yours is just. Yeah, I, got Maybe so, blue, I have like gray, gray, blue, black. gray, black, mm. blue, gray, and black. I, don't know, Craig, what, Craig I don't know what I would do if I saw you with a red t shirt in here. With oh, a I don't. with a with a pink polo shirt. It's clearly a warning sign, right? <laughs> oh yeah. It's you a know, cry my, for help. My Italian it's, flag is red. I, I mean, know it's the blink twice if you're not okay. Exactly. Hey, like like hey, Cambo, you need me to call the cops. You're wearing a red shirt. Is everything, is everything all right? Yeah, it's your cry for help if you're ever wearing anything other than black, navy blue, or gray. I'm boring. Well, I'm boring. Actually, that's really you're not. But I did. You dress boring. You dress boring. I think when I was a star on Dance Party USA, no, dear I boy. think I had red pants on. Well, if you'd ever show us the video, I have, I'd, I'd be, be happy had, to confirm, but I think I had red pants and I, capizios. If, if you'd ever if you'd ever show us the video of this alleged appearance on Dance Party USA, we could confirm that. I because have it. You've never... Hey, you don't show it to anybody. I do not show it to anybody. <laughs> Major League Baseball playoffs short and sweet tonight. What's it look like so far in the division series and how does it set up going forward? We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM.
0: Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. What's on Tonight,
1: all right. So on tonight is Coyotes hockey. Um, oddly, strangely, it hasn't got any worse. They scored a goal. Got a little bit better. It's three one. If if you missed it earlier while we were on the air. Uh, four minutes and 40 seconds of game time had gone by, and they were down 3-0 to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the opener. I mean, it was like, they're down 3-0. Has the game even started yet? Wow. You know? Now there's only two minutes left in the second period, and not only have they not given up another goal, they've scored one of their own. So it's it's a very respectable-looking 3-1. And, and it wasn't an own goal? Uh, no, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. So uh, the Coyotes have are kind of tightened up the loose screws a little bit, and at least they got that going for him. Uh, so that's on tonight. That's also on ESPN 620 and 98.7 FM HD 2. Lose, but be competitive. Yeah? Just lose, but be competitive. What's the, what's the kid's name again? Bedard. Bedard? Yeah. Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. Yep. Is the generational, generational player who is available in the draft. Yep. Yeah, Coyotes will f- get the third pick. Yep. <laughs> Connor <laughs> Bedard. The, the Coyotes you, will get the third pick. You want Connor Bedard. Yeah, I don't know. The coyotes aren't going to win lotteries. Thursday night football is tonight and I'm just going to be honest with the audience out there because I respect <laughs> you. I respect you in the audience. I'm sitting this one out tonight. Uh tonight's a, am going to go home and you know, watch a fishing show. <laughs> I'm going to watch something else. I'm going to put on an old movie or start some prestige TV show or something. Oh, you got me I, in. I'm going to watch that Elton John movie one of these nights. You If you're going to the concert. I'm going to the concert. If you're going to the concert. I'm going to the concert. Um, yeah. Elton John's amazing. I saw his first totally. farewell concert at the Coyotes Arena a few years ago. It was tremendous. I mean, it was, it was, and you just, every single song, you go, my God, that's a huge hit. I know. I, my God, that's a great song. Chelsea sent me a, uh, my wife, Chelsea, she sent me a photo earlier, she goes, I'm just, I'm trying to get into, I'm trying to get into the mood. So she took a picture of like her in a car and it was, uh, she was she, listening to I'm Still Standing, right? I'm Still Standing. Yeah. She had, I'm Still Standing on and she was listening to it. And she goes, okay, I'm just, yeah, keep, keep, like, keep working it. If, like, the if music's you have seen that Rocket Man movie uh, that came out a few years ago yeah. with your wife, you, hot take. I'm going to go hot take here? Yeah. I thought that movie was way better than the Bohemian Rhapsody movie that the guy won the Academy Award for. I, 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 saw, I did see the Bohemian Rhapsody, the it, Queen one. It was good. I mean, it was really good. Okay, I, I thought actor, the Elton John one was that better. That actor is phenomenal. mean, Malek. Yeah, he's he was, unbelievable. He, he did a pretty he's good job. He's honestly one of the best actors out there, right? That guy's great. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, but I, I'm going to watch the, I liked the Elton John movie better. A little Rocket Man. I really did. It one of the really best good. Elton John songs is Rocket Man. Yeah. What's your favorite song? Don't, uh, go break in uh, Don't go breaking my heart. Tiny dancer. Oh, that's my least favorite. That or Philadelphia <laughs> Freedom. Um, Tiny dancer. Uh, um, Daniel, uh, your song? No, uh, mm-hmm. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Mm-hmm. Tiny dancer, or uh, I'm still standing. One of those three. I'm still standing. Crocodile Rock's a great song. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm sitting out of the Commander's Bears. I'm out. You know, we're protesting. Not, we're not going to watch it. I'm not it. watching. You know I, what you're not going to get tomorrow? We're not going to mention the Commanders-Bears game. You want to know why we're not watching it? <laughs> not you. yeah. it might get if you're tuning the- in tomorrow for Commanders-Bears talk, you're not going to get it. Yeah, I, I might, I might, we might get a mention in the 4 o'clock reset yeah. tomorrow, but it's probably just the score and not a whole lot of analysis because Carson Wentz throws three I'm picks. Just being honest with you. I'm peace out on that one. I just don't think I'm going to give that one much of a chance. It's nothing, nothing with 12 minutes to go in the first half of the game. Uh, I would have loved to have watched baseball tonight, but there is none to watch. Yankees and the Guardians have been rained out, uh, so they'll make up that game tomorrow. Earlier, the only game that was on the docket today was the Astros beating the Mariners four to two. We shall not talk about it. Houston is one win away from advancing to the American League Championship Series. You know, I want to be honest with you. Like, I got we got a tweet at the Birds of Gamble page, really showing your age, hater on Kyler's suit. It's called young fashion. I've seen players wear worse up. Man, it's Thursday. It's the first time we mentioned this suit. That's the first time we've mentioned that, that that green suit, right? In the entire week. In fairness to him, I brought it up on Monday, only briefly. Okay, I didn't bring it up. But it's a terrible suit. I didn't bring it up. You well, didn't bring we it up. We haven't, we haven't spent a lot of time railing on the suit. Yeah. That, hel- that hilarious girl on Twitter, the uh, Annie... Uh, Algar is her name. She does, like, the a, after each week, she does the games. Like, she does these crazy, funny things. Mm-hmm. She actually had the green suit. Oh, she mentioned the green suit? That she was wearing it! Uh, oh, she was wearing a green suit. I don't know if she got it from of her Kyler. She, part of her she, bit. She was actually she, wearing the suit. She probably didn't get it from Kyler. No, no. she said, wait, well, I got this at the child sec- uh, ch- uh, children's section at Kmart. <laughs> That's what she said. She got it at the children's you section at Kmart. I, I mean, honestly, it, it, it's it's... It's fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Be, hey, wait, listen. Wait, wait, wait. be yourself. Be that's the most important. Express yourself. Most important thing in life, just be happy. Yes. Whatever makes you happy, Whatever be happy. You want to win. Be happy. Jared Curlin. All right, the producer of the morning yes. show. he wears the loudest Hawaiian garb shirts you've ever seen in your so life. ugly. He's a happy guy. But he just, walks in and he just he, right. he wears it. He's confident in it. And he's like, yeah, yeah. this Change is what I'm your life to be happy. The only thing that matters is nothing else really matters more than just being happy. Life. You want to wear green suits? Wear green suits. Life lessons from John Gambadoro. Be more happy. Coming up tomorrow here on the Burns and Gamble Show. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow, straight up two o'clock here on Burns and Gamble. Have a great night, everyone.